FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 196 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snick 196? Yeah, we're ramping up to number 200. Wow. The ever boring film episodes. <laughs> no, I'm still not sure if anybody likes. <laughs> you mean the ones I fall asleep to and then wake up and go, oh, I love this part. <laughs> I can only imagine how it's going to be post-baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, before we get too far in, we're your host, Jason and Denise Venable. What's up? What's up, everybody? And we're here to talk about all things Wolverine for September 2016. That's right. Including some news. News? We yeah. have news? We have News? News? News. Not really news. Read um, all about it. <laughs> um, just about the Wolverine movie. It's Hugh Jackman's last. It's going to be rated R. Um, all the stuff that people have been saying is probably going to happen has just all been confirmed. Um, so there's Old Man Logan. Yeah, Old Man Logan. It's going to be a movie. Probably be pretty... You know, I'm guessing it'll probably be like really awesome two-thirds of the way through and then have a weird third act like all the other Wolverine movies, but uh, maybe not. Maybe it'll be awesome all the way through. Okay. You know. So what are you thinking it's going to be? What? Awesome all the way through? Or... I don't know. I hope so. I mean, I love Jackman as Wolverine. And the last Wolverine movie, the first... Really, at least two thirds of it, I loved. And then it was kind of meh <laughs> when we got to the climax. But um, but no, I think I think it can be really good. I think it can be really interesting because they won't be able to use all of the characters from the original Old Man Logan run. But of course, we've had you know going on eleven issues now of a new run, and so they could use characters from that, like Maureen and stuff like that. So I, I have no idea what they'll do. But um, I'm interested. Oh, um, oh, um, I know what the actual news was. The new, the new news is that Mister Sinister will be the bad guy. Really? Yeah. Okay. And we'll have something to do with uh, Weapon X, probably, and even possibly a clone. A clone. Which could maybe open the door for mm. instead of recasting. Someone as Logan with Hugh Jackman. We Maybe just we have, cast a Laura. Yeah, possibly. Who knows what'll ha- Who knows what the future holds? That actually would be pretty cool. I, I would be badass, as much, especially as much as I've been loving this book. Now the trick is they have to find the right actress. Well, they need to put Hugh Jackman in drag. Wasn't he in drag on a Broadway show? I, I'm sure he's been in drag many times. <laughs> <laughs> but that's neither here nor, here nor there. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's a little snippet of news. I'm, I think it's pretty cool. I think Mr. Sinister could be a good foil for Wolverine. Um, he hasn't been in the X-Universe proper yet for Fox. Um, his name was in the post credit scene 
in um, Apocalypse, but we haven't seen him yet as far as we know. And so um, that could be really pretty cool. He's a good bad guy. Yep. So anyway, that's our news. <laughs> as told the least interesting as told the least interesting way possible because that's just how I'm rolling tonight. Um. <laughs> we're giving everything to you half, but <laughs> No, we're not. We're not. We have lots to talk about. Um several books, of course, encompassing all the Wolverine's appearances this month. Um so, you want to get started? Let's do it. Now that we got the news out of the way. The news. The sinister rumors. Ooh. Yep. All right. Well, here we go. Okay. So, first up, of course, we have our two main Wolverine titles. We have All New Wolverine number 12 and Old Man Logan number 11. All New Wolverine number 12 is Destiny Part 3. Written by Tom Taylor, penciled by Iguara, inked by Walden Wong, colors by Michael Garland, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, Woo-hoo. and cover by Bingle. Tiger. Yes. And we have a pretty ominous cover, a pretty evocative cover. It's, it's a lot of dark, a little spotlight shining from the top right. Down on Old Man Logan, holding Gabby's crumpled body. And we have Wolverine in the background, claws out, kind of stalking out of the shadow. Yeah, I like the cover better. Um, On the floppy, rather than the digital. The digital, it was so bright and candy-coated, it didn't... You can definitely see the colors. You could. Um, or is this one's more muted? Yeah, but the emotion that is evoked by the muted colors mm-hmm. is much more powerful. Yeah, I agree. No, I, I think this is a really great cover, really strong cover. Of course, you know, picks up right where we left off with the cliffhanger of old man Logan eviscerating and gutting Gabby. Um so that's where we're going to pick up. Uh, great cover, right? You agree? We agree on the cover? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So what happens in this issue? So we start off, uh, Old Man Logan is in a cemetery. Yes. Uh, and he's looking at Gabby's headstone, and he says, No, uh, you don't belong here. And he starts whacking at the headstone, and I actually, in the very last panel, like what they've done because it's pieces of the headstone and it just says Gabby lies. Yeah, very interesting. Maybe a clue to some future stories. Yeah. Um, but it's not that he, he says she doesn't belong here. This is his future or his his past, our possible future. I like the way they say that. Um, but he's basically saying she doesn't she doesn't deserve a headstone. Like what she did was so bad that she she should be in an unmarked grave. Okay. And so that's why he carves it up. And I got to say, I've been kind of liking but not loving Inguara's art. These two pages especially, I thought really showcased his artistic style. It's like, yeah, I okay, I see why like some people are excited about him. Like these... These two pages with the art 
and his interpretation of Logan kind of is it's less Ebenezer Scrooge and more just kind of tough old man. Yeah. With big sideburns. Um, yeah. Some of the art in certain panels, I was like, eh. Well, no, we'll, we'll get to that. But these okay. two pages here. Yes. Like he, the art really shines, and the colors as well by Garland. Like this is just this is a great opening two pages. It is. And then of course we come to the present, and Old Man Logan has just gutted Gabby and tosses the body aside, and he's gonna attack Captain America. But Captain America pushes him down. Yeah, knocks him out with his shield. He falls face down in the fountain. And Laura just is like, Gabby, no, wake up, wake up. And Cap is pulling his soldiers out of the fountain and calling for a medic. And he basically, the medic says, does the girl need help? And he's like, no, she's gone. She's gone. Gabby is dead. But then they realize they lost something. What they lose? <gasps> Logan has disappeared. Yes. But Maria Hill has her sights on him. He went under the fountain into the sewers. Yep. Cut his way through the bottom of the fountain through the base. And now he's running through the sewers. So Laura basically tells Cap, take care of your soldiers. I'm taking care of Logan. Yep. And her reason is that Logan has gone berserk. The soldiers won't be able to handle him. They'll just get killed. Um, you know, I'll deal with him. She snarls at her lips. Shows a little of her canine. We got a crocodile tear running down her eye. But what I also love about this scene is Captain says, I'll go with you. And... She's like, no, you've done enough. Like, do you, he's gone berserker. And I wonder why he went berserker. You attacked him, filled him full of tranquilizers, shot him out of the sky. Yeah. Like this whole future that you were trying to not happen. Well, you just caused it to happen. Which has kind of been a theme in Civil War too, especially in the tie-ins. But what I really love about this kind of look at it is I, I really, I'm not saying it should always be this way or whatever. I just, I really, really enjoyed Wolverine. It's kind of a younger, newer character and kind of finding her place as the new Wolverine. Just ripping Cap a new one. Yeah. I, I thought that was really fantastic. I really enjoyed the way she stood up to him, kind of bit his head off. And he just kind of like takes it because I, A, because I think he knows she's right. Right. And B, like, you going you gonna to talk back to him, Wolverine? Yep. Um, and of course she talks about how she promised Gabby she would never leave her she'd always protect her she gives her body to Cap tells her to keep her keep his eye on her and then he says tell Hill to keep S.H.I.E.L.D. out of my way and she pulls her cowl on a really great scene and she jumps down into the sewer I love the, the art we get kind of from the perspective of the dart and then yeah. we see uh Wolverine, her face all in shadow. <laughs> she goes, I smell you. <laughs> and she's yelling for Logan, and she runs into Logan. And she she says, uh, you don't get to hide from this. She was a kid. So she's, not only is she back-talking Cap. No, she's standing up to everybody. She's yeah. really, like, and we've, we've, we've been seeing this kind of happening. I find this is kind of the climax of her being like, you know what? Screw all of you. I'm Wolverine. <laughs> you know, this is it. I'm here. This is my kind of n n no more like you know earning no more it. Ms. I, I've, nice I've earned it. Yeah. Um, 
And she says, Gabby was a kid. She was us. Do you hear me? And old man Logan turns around, eyes red with berserker rage, drooling out of his mouth. And Wolverine's like, what are you? What did they do to you? You're not Logan. You're just some twisted perversion with his face as they snicked each other, or snicked at each other. Um, and this is really an interesting kind of kind of thing. Is I think this is kind of the voice of some of the fans. Yeah. <laughs> like Lori is speaking for some of the audience. Like, okay, yeah, old man Logan's been fine, but it's not really our Logan. And she's kind of putting that into to words for us. Which, you know, I kind of so so on. I've been enjoying Old Man Logan to degrees. Um, but yeah, he's he's not he's not the same. Um, so, but he's still berserk. He attacks her. There's some splishing, splashing in the sewer. Uh, they, I love that bottom panel. They, yes, they trade some claws. Then there is a bottom panel as. It's across the two pages. So there's like a two-page spread, but it's not, but it's broken up. So you have like a top-wide panel, and then five panels across the middle, and then a wide bottom panel. And both the top and bottom wide panels are really, really good. Yeah. And the color, man, the colors in this book are... Phenomenal. Pretty outstanding. So then we go back upstairs, go back top side, and... Cap puts the sheet over Gabby's body and there's a, a shield medic kind of probably recording the time of death or whatever. And yeah, he's looking at his watch. And then what happens? Well, Gabby pops up and says, where's Wolverine? Yeah. And of course he tells her. <laughs> and she she goes running off. She yeah. does. Yeah. So then we jump back over to Logan, old man Logan and Wolverine and they're still duking it out. Yeah, I really like what she says here. She says, Logan's gone, and instead we get you, you insane murdering beep. And and then I love how his eyes go from red, and he kind of comes out of the berserker, and his eyes are normal, and he's like, Laura, oh God, I'm sorry, just just wait. And she's like, nope. Yeah, and then someone grabs her hand. Hmm, who would that be? <laughs> it's Gabby. It's Gabby. And we find out kind of what we all kind of knew or suspected. I think all of us, and, and we'll get some thoughts from Dan. I think he was on the same page. Um, knew that it would, revealed, it would be revealed that she had a healing factor. But I wasn't for sure that we would be revealed that she had a claw. And it looks like she has one on her hand. So where are the other two? We don't know. When we get a bone snicked, if she it's, has it's two, like she's giving us the finger. I actually like her single little claw. However, yeah. if she ends up with two foot claws, <laughs> I'm going to be really disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where they would, could be. They could be like maybe further up the arm or she might, you know, Dawkins, Wolverine's son, has two on the top. And one from the bottom that comes out of the middle of the wrist. Maybe she has two on the bottom. How or, does he... Doesn't that hurt d- your hand? Don't ask. Okay. <laughs> because comics. <laughs> it just works. But I, she apologizes. Wolverine gives it a big hug. And, um, and Wolverine asks Logan straight up, Did you know? 
I mean, you, you said you knew her from the future. Did you know she had a healing factor? And I think Logan says not for sure because I think he knows that his Gabby did. But now that he's out of his rage, he knows that, like, it's not necessarily the same person. Right. And it's one of the things we kind of talked about. Then in his mind, he's kind of come to terms with the fact that his future may not happen. The struggle is he doesn't always feel it, like, in his gut. And Wolverine, what does Wolverine ask her? She asked him a question. Wolverine asked if Logan killed Gabby in his world. And he looks down and says, no, you killed each other. Hmm. But Wolverine says, that's not her. It's not her future. Um, but she gets really pissed about old man Logan and, and how he's not the Logan she loves and that she says that he says you know you're not him he was loved he's missed stay away and we get some nice little kind of Wolverine macho threats from old man Logan and Gabby um yeah old the, man but Logan says you heard her I will come for you yeah and Gabby's panel she actually looks it's an evil smile like the omen kid or something yes yeah like she like, knows she knows something and Gabby lies right well so that those two panels together are are because we've had this conversation before where Logan was like I know you and she's like don't tell Laura uh-huh and we assumed it was just I don't know what you know but don't tell her yeah well I, I think I think Taylor is is doing a good job and kind of intentionally playing with us yeah as far as like well what's Gabby really up to is this just being a face being mean to Logan like kind of mocking him or is it really sinister like we don't really know but she does say something back she says that's fine fair enough but if you bring a single ounce of pain into that perfect woman's life, I'll put you down like a rabid dog. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and she skips off. <laughs> and then, interestingly enough, <laughs> Wolverine and Gabby come out of the fountain instead of like the manhole that she jumped down. Right. <laughs> very, very curious. But um, she tells Cap not to look for old man Logan. He's gone. Uh, I don't want to see him again. Leave him alone. I almost feel like this conversation that they have, especially between Wolverine, I mean, all three of them, Gabby. Yeah, Gabby gets in on the action, too. Yeah. She's like, I thought you were Captain America, Mr. Liberty, freedom for all. Except that guy, he can maybe possibly do something bad. We should lock him away just in case. I also feel like this was a, and it may not, it may just be me reading into it with the political situation that's going on in our country. But I felt like this was like, I'm going to slide my own pit- political commentary into this conversation. Because you can have that conversation with anybody. Right. Yep. If we're, if we're free, it's freedom for all. And that means everyone. Right. The freedom to pursue happiness for all walks of life. Yep. And so, yeah, it, it definitely could be a little social commentary. Comics writers are not... Um, it wouldn't be out of the ordinary. Right. Um, but she says, she, she calls Cap out, says, I used to be a killer, you let me go. And he's like, you weren't in control. 
And Wolverine's like, Logan wasn't either. In fact, you kind of helped push him out of control. So if nothing else, you should have let him go because it's your fault. <laughs> and you can only make it worse. Well, and she... And then she, she's... Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I love how when she's like, oh, and guess what? Tell Maria Hill, I can see the future, too. We're not in it. Yeah, nice. She also takes a dig at um, Ulysses, the, the inhuman that can see the future. She's like, um, this kid that can see the future, it'll divide you all again. Everyone will be a bit right and a bit wrong. And hero will fight hero and everyone will lose a little faith. Yep. Kind of sums up the whole kind of Civil War II storyline. Yep. Um, but she leads Gabby off and that's that. So, before we get too far, Dan Cole from Intercomics Podcast, of course, has some thoughts. And we're going to get to them. Uh, remember, his uh, Twitter is at gizmo151183. So, he says, I really enjoyed it. The interplay between old perv Logan and Laura... <laughs> It was a great emotional anchor to the issue, which I agree with. Um, although the Gabby stuff was a little predictable. Yeah. I think we all kind of saw what was coming. I still think she is a fun little character. I agree. Uh, the direction of the book seems to be a good one. I also agree with that. I like how they kind of... It'll get dark, but it still has some humor, but it doesn't get too dark and it doesn't get too violent. Right. So there's kind of a darkness that, that there's a seriousness, a gravity of the story, but it's not like 90s, ah, Wolverine. Um, My yeah, for better, stab. Yeah, for better or worse. Um, but anyway, Dan has some more things to say. He says, artistically, the book seemed very middle of the road. For functionary, did what it had to do. The series has certainly looked better. Four out of six claws. Then I gave him a fist bump and he accused me of punching him because I was an uncivilized yank. Or no, I think he said colonial. Sorry. Do they not do fist bumps over there? No, they did. But you, you know, the fist bump emoji looks like a punch. I've said that it before. It does. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he thought the art was middle of the road. So let's start there. What do you think of the art? <laughs> I actually thought it was a hair better than middle of the road, but there were some panels that when I got to them, I went, mm. There were some head scratcher panels for sure. But I thought of the, was it three issues that Iguara's done? Right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, because he's done all, all the Destiny parts. So part three, I thought this was his best of the three so far. I, but I agree. That. I probably would not. Of the artists we've had so far on All New Wolverine, he probably wouldn't be my top one, but his art's definitely grown on me over this storyline. I like the way he drew Old Man Logan, which for me, that's the, the key factor in a lot of this. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, I enjoyed this book visually. Um, I agree, and I think I think where Dan's coming from would probably, he would agree with some of the same things. There's definitely some panels that kind of a head-scratcher, like, oh, well, why does that not look as good as the rest of the book? <laughs> but, you know, overall, I enjoyed it. What do you think of the story? Um, I like the story. It was a quick read. Yeah. Um, it was an enjoyable read. And I love watching the character development of Laura. 
kind of holding her own and not backing down and really standing up for what she believes in. Yeah, she did a lot of standing up this issue, and Gabby kind of did as well. And I, I will say, give Tom Taylor a lot of credit. He did not let what I'm what I'm assuming was probably an editorially mandated crossover, like to tie into Civil War Two. It's very easy, and a lot of times you see this, and you've seen some with this event, with Civil War Two where the tie-ins will kind of derail the comic, kind of knock it off track with what the writer was, has been building up to. And Tom Taylor does a really good job of kind of just sliding this Civil War II story into this, but right. keeping his momentum and not missing a step on what he's doing with the characters and the arc that he's taking them on. And um, I thought he handled the, the tie-in very well. It's one of the better ones. There's been... There's been some kind of garbage ones. There's also been some really good ones. And this is, I think, one of the really good ones. Um, yeah. So what? So Dan gave it four out of six claws. What are you going to give All New Wolverine number 12? I'm going to give it five out of six. I'm also going to give it five out of six claws. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, it was a, great, a great tie-in. I enjoyed kind of... Yeah, and it's interesting because it didn't end necessarily how I thought it would. Because, you know, it came in and Laura was like, oh, you're not Logan. I don't trust you. I don't like you. I saved you because that's what heroes do. But, you know, whatever. And then in the middle chapter, they kind of bonded a little bit. Right. Right. And she was kind of like, oh, well, there's some, you know, I can see like my Logan in you a little bit. And then, of course, he, he gutted Gabby and that all got flushed. But I really thought maybe at the end of this they'd fight and then they kind of come to an understanding, but they don't. Like, she ends up even in a worse place than when they started. Right. Like, she is pretty pissed at him and doesn't ever want to see him again. So it was definitely, that was a little bit of a surprise for me, and I enjoyed it. So that was a really good issue. Let's move on to Old Man Logan number 11, The Last Ronin Part 3, The Art of War. Written by Jeff Lemire, art by Andrea Sorrentino, colors by Marcello Maiolo, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, and cover by Andrea Sorrentino. And on the cover, we have a pinkish white background with our red Japanese sun again, and this time, uh, one of those sticks with the curved blade on the chain. Um, it was featured in season one in Daredevil. I don't know what they're called. Shuriken, maybe? Is that right? That may be completely wrong. But I thought, I've been really enjoying the covers. Of course, we have our logo again with the three claws on the side. It looks really cool. Um, yeah, it's a really, really nice cover. Don't you agree? She agrees. A great cover. She had to step away for just a second. But she'll be right back. Um, so we catch up. We do some alternating between Japan now and Japan in the future. Old Man Logan and Older Man Logan fighting the Silent Order in their various phases of the timeline. There's some really great art. There's a nice panel where uh, Sorrentino draws an awesome dragon. And there's panels in between the dragons. Uh, old man Logan decides he has to set Lady Deathstrike free. Remember, she was his bait. 
to pull him in to Japan and lure him. And uh, there's lots of fighty fighty, and we go back and forth on the timeline. We meet the leader of the Silent Order in the future. He's an old bald guy with glasses. Confronts Logan and Marine. And of course, in the future, uh, that's when Logan has to kind of really explain who he is to Marine, his wife. Uh, right? They may not have been married yet, but they were definitely together. But she hadn't seen, you know, violent Wolverine yet. She's going to have to now. Uh, turns out the bald guy has some powers. We get a really nice double page spread of different periods of Wolverine's life as this guy peers into Wolverine's soul. We have kind of a whited out um, emo, old man Logan, <laughs> with his emo here. But it's really cool. We see different scenes. We have the Weapon X scene, uh, Canadian flag. We have Kiss and Storm. We have Gene. We have Holden him dead body of someone sometime on the Avengers, the X-Men, um, World War II. Uh, this looks like Jean's farm. face with yeah, her that's, hair. Yeah, that's Jean. Uh, yeah. Cyclops. And we have his, kind of his, his people, the Wolverines. We have Laura, Dawkins, and Sabretooth kind of in silhouette on the bottom. It's some, just a really nice piece of art. Yeah. Looks really good. So then we get a great snake. We get a Got that right, Bub snicked as he cuts his ropes from behind him, apologizes to Marine, tells her to close her eyes, and goes to town. And what we can, and we get a really awesome thing. Now, the back and forth is driving me crazy a little bit. But we end one page on this panel of Wolverine with his claw, or old man Logan with his claws out yelling in the future past. And then we open the next page with almost the identical panel colored a little bit differently colored more full and it's in the present and he and Deathstrike are mowing down the silent order and uh, we, we find out that this guy kind of the main guy that I thought maybe was going to be Ogun is kind of the lead warrior and he says you know you know you keep saying you know me and you fought me before in the future but I know you too our leader he's seen the future and you're the one that kills him and ruins us so I, that's why we lured you here now. It's weird that you're older. <laughs> but we lured you here now. We, we've studied you. We know how to defeat you. Um, then we get another awesome page. I really enjoyed this page. Yeah, it's a double page spread of some just kind of Japanese folk art in the background. And then kind of like a twisting dragon tail or dragon body through the two pages of their fight. It looks panels. like a double helix. Yeah, it does a little bit for sure. Um, and there's panels of them just going to town on each other in both the present and the future past. But it's almost like Logan learned from his future past to defeat him. Because or the other guy, because they ended with two different results. Right, but look, okay, so this is the the now panel, okay? No. Yeah, he's got... No. Yeah, it's dark hair. That's the future past when he was younger. I thought this was future. No, this is now when he's old. Oh, well, then it's the opposite. The guy learned. The other guy learned. And that's what he said he did. Yeah. Yeah. And so, because we see they kind of intertwine and we see the fights kind of parallel. But the future past ended with old man Logan killing the old the ninja or samurai or whatever and about to kill the master. And this time it ends with this guy. I think his name's Sohei, right? Something like that. Uh, 
has Old Man Logan on the ropes. But then we get another awesome panel. This like Logan kicking through this open mouth dragon head looks amazing. Yeah. And then I like how the guy starts to fall and then it arcs into Yeah, and someone picks them both up, freezes them. And it's the, the, the boss man from the future, but he's really young. Yeah. And he says, stop hurting my friends. <laughs> and so he has more powers than just reading souls. He can like, he has telekinesis. I'm assuming he has telepathy and telekinesis, etc. Maybe he's like he's an old, a, he's like a little bald Jean Grey. I was going to say Charles Xavier. That too. But he didn't have telekinesis ever. You don't. Describe anyone as Jean Grey. <laughs> Sorry. Well, he's a bad guy, so you don't, you don't have to like him. Oh, good. Well, yeah. then, yeah. Call him Jean Grey all you want. All right. So what do you think of the art? Uh, Seriously? I mean, there were parts I really enjoyed, but then there were parts that I was just kind of eh on. Oh, okay. I loved it. All of it. But, I mean, that's been the story of the series. Yes. I love it. You have various uh, degrees of dis... Interest, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because it's not like I completely hate it. It just, I can't get into it, which right. makes it even harder to read the story when you can't get into the art. Right. Uh, speaking of the story, eh, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, we're, yeah. fighting, we're fighting some Japanese guys. The the intertwining of the of the future and the... I feel like I'm the reading... The future, a- past, and the present. It would have bugged me if it wasn't so interesting visually. Sorrentino saved this story, in my opinion. See, I kind of feel like this whole story arc is Wolverine and the 24-hour series. So each episode, only 24 hours is passing. (laughs) Okay. And that's how long it feels it takes to read the book, too. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I do think this story is... Dragging. It's a little fillery. A little. But it looks so good. It's a lot fillery. Okay, and then when fine. you can't get into the art. Well, that's your <laughs> Sorrentino, if you're listening, I, I love you. Um, yeah, all right. Well, so we're going to have very different grades again. How low are you going to go on Old Man Logan number 11? I'll give it three out of six. Right. I won't give it a two because somebody out there is going to enjoy it. Well, that doesn't mean you enjoy it. No, but I don't want someone to go, oh, Denise only gave it a two, so I'm not going to read it. Here's my suggestion. (laughs) Like, I have that much power in someone's life, right? uh, Obviously. Here's my suggestion. If you haven't been into it up to this point, then just borrow somebody's or ask them what happens. Or, you know, listen to the podcast and you get your fill and you don't really need to read it. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, anyway, I really enjoyed it. Um... See, they're really strong four, but I think I'm going to go, I really love the art. I'm going to go five out of six claws. Wow. For Old Man Logan, number 11. So anyway, those are our two main books. Um, I'm going to let Denise go. I have some other side books to talk about, and we'll, we'll go ahead and move on. Moving on. Okay, so next up we have X Marks the Spot. And we have no comics with... Or, I mean, besides what we already talked about. We have no guest appearances or X-Men team books. 
for all new Wolverine. She was not in this month's issue of all new X-Men. But we are doubly blessed with two issues of Extraordinary X-Men, my favorite series, which features Old Man Logan. We have Extraordinary X-Men number 14 and Extraordinary X-Men annual number 1. Issue number 14, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Victor Ibanez, uh, layouts by Guillermo Mogaron, colors by J. David Ramos, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, and um, Humberto Ramos and Edgar Delgado did the cover, and the cover is Iceman and Nightcrawler looking at a hieroglyph of Colossus strangling them. It's fine, I guess. The colors are cool. Um, so in this story, we have Nightcrawler and Iceman trying to track down Apocalosilus. <laughs> and, you know, they find him. He's bad still. He doesn't want to come back. Then we have some elsewhere magic and storm nonsense. They're trying to track down Sapna. They're fighting these people prophesying about the world eater. Uh, then we have, we go back to X-Haven where we have old future alternate Apocalypse being captured and Forge is running some tests. Apocalypse offers Forge the world if he'll just join him. Forge tells him to shut up, which sets up the best part of this book. The only awesome part of this book. Um, so Forge tells him to shut up and Apocalypse is like, I can give you whatever you want, even Storm. And Ford says, open the cage. And the computer is like, are you sure? He's like, yep. So they open it, and Apocalypse is like, yes, free me, and I'll give you your wildest. <laughs> and Forge tapes Apocalypse's mouth shut with two pieces of red, or actually three or four pieces of red tape. The best panel, the best moment in this book, the only awesome moment in this book, and it's pretty awesome. It's pretty great, like, this typical storyline of Apocalypse making his offer. You would think, oh, a storage, maybe he won't go for it, but, you know, he'll struggle with it. It'll be like a story point, right? Nope. He slaps some tape on there, tapes his mouth shut. Pretty great. Um, back to Egypt, where Colossus has defeated Nightcrawler and Iceman. The Calvary shows up. We have Buff, Adult, and Noel, Adult Glob, and, um... No girl in her armor suit. And they're going to put a whooping, they say, on Colossalocalypse, or Apocalypse. What did I say? Apocalypse? I don't know. Maybe Colocalypse is better. Or Colossalocalypse. I don't know. Whatever. Um, you guys figure it out. Vote. <laughs> Tweet at me your preferred non-clementure for um, Apocalypse Horseman Colossus. Uh, anyway, we go back to X-Haven where Log old man Logan is enjoying a beer. Little girl Jean shows up. Um, she sneaks up on him. He calls her a ninja. She says, I am a ninja. I'm my ninja. He says something bad's coming. He can feel it because he's a grumpy old man. She says, you're in love with Storm. He's like, he gets grumpy about it. He says, I can't be. I can't afford to be. She'll die. Wah. And he walks off with his beer. Um, Storm and Magic find Sapna and she's like oh I'm so glad you're here he told me you'd come shoots him with her eyeballs grabs the soul sword and she's headed back to Inferno with a 
a monster weed. And, um, yeah. So, it wasn't the worst issue <laughs> of the series. Um, I don't... I'm still not a huge fan of Abanez's art. But, you know, whatever. Um, it was just slightly below mediocre. I'll give extra... You know, the Old Man Logan stuff was just... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do with this. It's not good, but it's not terrible. Um, I'm going to give Extraordinary X-Men number 14... It's right on the fence, but I'm going to give it two out of six claws. It could maybe be a three. Anyway, official score is two out of six. The annual is, we have Prison Break, written by, that's the main story, written by Ollie Masters, penciled by Carlo Barbary, inks by Walden Wong, colors by Israel Silva and Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh, We have Forge, we have a problem which is written by Brandon Montclair, art by Rosie Coffey, colors by Ian Herring, um, letters on both parts by V.C. Joe Caramagna, and the cover is by our aforementioned Victor Abanez, or Abanez, I mean, and uh, Jose Villarubia. And the cover has Nightcrawler, Old Man Logan, and Little Girl Jean in a jail cell. I guess she's jailbait. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Um, and they're pulling at the bars. Nightcrawler's pulling at the window. Old Man Logan's in red in the foreground, screaming at the bars. And Little Girl Jean's in the back going, Oh, my. I'm not a huge fan of this cover. I am glad to see Barbary doing some, some art here. Um, so basically, Storm is talking to the British government. Uh, there's two mutants that are being imprisoned there. But a teen cloud, a teen mist cloud, the green fart, the great green fart is heading their way. And she says you should release them or do something. Because right now, by leaving them there, you're condemning them to die. And they say, nope, sorry, our prisoners. So, of course, Storm has a backup plan. Uh, Forge is going to send Nightcrawler, Magic, Little Girl Jean, and Old Man Logan to do a prison break. And so they're going to. So they're going to break into the prison and get them out. And a bunch of stuff happens, and they basically do. Old Man Logan complains a little bit. He's grumpy. Um, there's a part where they're like, where's Logan? Which I thought was funny, because, you know, that's one of our segments, or used to be. Um, now it's where's Wolverine. Um, and we'll get to that later. But I just I, I enjoyed it being in the comic. Um... So they concoct a plan. It's a fun little plan. It's a nice little jailbreak issue. They get in there. They're beating the clock. They're invisible because Gene is hiding them from everyone mentally. They get one of the prisoners. They have to go track down the other one. The whole time Storm is stalling on her digital teleconference with the British prison leaders. Uh, There's a riot. They get everyone out. Eventually... You don't think they're going to, but they do just in time for the great green fart cloud to come up. All right, we got a boogie woogie. And so they do. They get out just by the skin of their X-Men teeth. And then Storm discontinues her call. And the guys are like, oh, thanks for breaking us out. It was really kind of crappy in that prison. But then they just get put in X-Men prison. 
<laughs> and that's the end of that story. It was fun. It was fun. Uh, the next story with Forge, Forge, we have a problem, also involves Moon Girl. And uh, she thinks she might have an idea for a cure. She's been working on it, which I thought was cool. You know, she's trying to help out, pitch in with the mutants. Um, she's built a rocket to get her to the moon. Forge like, uh, Forge is like, I don't think it's going to make it. But, you know, then a tea cloud starts coming and Moon Girl's like, get in here. And Forge is like, but the rocket it won't go to the moon. And he's like, fine. Or she's like, fine. We won't go to the moon. We'll just cross our fingers. She ignites the rocket, shoots up. You're right, no moon. But she has saved her new friend, Forge, from the green inhuman fart cloud. So that's good. Uh, first story, art by Barbary. I liked. The story was fun. Second story, art by, um, who do we say? Coffee. It was pretty good. Story was nice, fun. It was sweet. Um, overall, I'm going to give this issue Extraordinary X Men Annual Number One. Uh, maybe these teams should take over this book and do these kind of stories. They were fun. Um, yeah, much better than the regular series. It's this throwaway, air quote, annual. Um, I'm going to give Extraordinary X Men Annual Number One. Um. There's nothing, there's no real meat here, but it's, it's not supposed to be. It's a fun prison break story and a a sweet story between Forge and Moon Girl. I'll give the whole thing, I'll wrap it up into four out of six claws. And that is X marks the spot. So next up we have our Where's Wolverine? And the concept of Wolverine is in Nova number 11. <laughs> uh, the last issue of this volume of the series... Um, Written by Sean Ryan, art by Corey Smith, colors by Andre Mosa, letters by Comic Crafts, Albert DeChesney, um, and Humberto Ramos and Edgar Delgado, again, on the episode, doing a cover. This cover is a lot cooler. Um, It has Nova holding an old yellow Nova helmet. In the background, we have Miss Marvel, Spider Miles, and Iron Man. In the foreground, we have Thor, Vision, and Cap Sam. Or Sam Cap, Falcon Cap, I guess. Um, and then also in the foreground we have Sam, our Nova, Sam Alexander hugging his family. It's a pretty good cover. Um, again, two issues in a row where Ramos has had much better covers on Nova than he has on X Men. But that's fine. Yeah. So in this story, of basically Sam is out trying to figure out. He's made a pact with his mom. If he can't figure out. For sure how this whole Nova thing works, he'll quit doing it. So he's entered, the, at the end of the last issue, he entered the world mind, which is the Xandarian like consciousness. Collects all the Nova, dead Novas, and all the dead Xandarians, and puts them together into a collective, like, basically super space computer. And we have this guy who's the guide, or the safekeeper of the world mind. Turns out it's Richard Ryder. And he says consciousness in there. And he explains everything to Sam. All there is to know about Nova and his helmet and how it all works. And when Sam says he's thinking about quitting, Richard Ryder fights his way to the front of the consciousness and becomes just himself again. Talks to Sam, says, dude, you have the power, the responsibility. Yes, there's other heroes, but it's a house of cards. We need all the heroes we can get. And this is where we have our barely Wolverine appearance. Um, He shows this whole time, like, he he has... 
accompanying his conversation like a moving digital stained glass window with lots of cool little images. Um, this time, when he's talking about the other heroes and how fragile it is, like a house of cards, literally, we see him playing cards with some heroes. We see Sam Wilson, we see Iron Man, we see Thor, we see Spider-Miles, and we see all-new Wolverine. And they're kind of the focus of the cards. And so, you know, Richard Ryder's telling him, yeah, you got all these other heroes, they're great heroes, but we can always use another one. We need all the heroes we can get. And then uh, Sam leaves the world mind, goes out to space, goes home. Um, He developed a tracker to give to his mom, so his mom can always know where he is. Then he finally comes clean to his friends. We get a great moment where they like he gets a call from Iron Man or a text from Iron Man. He's like, I gotta go, guys. They say, let us see you put the helmet on. He's like, ah. All right, just one time. Puts the helmet on, turns into Nova. He flies off really cool and hits a tree. Because <laughs> he's showing off a little bit, trying to be cool. Um, all his friends laugh at him. And they're like, good thing you got that helmet. He's like, yeah, good thing. Um, Flies off. Last page of this series as we get ready for the next volume. Richard Ryder back on Earth goes to visit his mom. So we'll see. I don't know. I'm definitely more of a Sam fan. The only Nova I've ever really gotten attached to is Sam Alexander. I'm hoping as a new series, I know it's going to involve and maybe even focus on Richard Ryder, but I hope we don't lose Sam in that series. If not, though, or if we do... He's going to be the Nova of Choice in the Champion series, which I'm very excited about. Um, so I'll at least be able to follow him there. But um, yeah, this story was pretty good. I mean, it's a nice little concluding chapter. Uh, the world mind thing was eh, interesting, I guess. But the emotional resonance of Sam, you know, with his mom and his friends, that was pretty good. Um, the art was pretty good. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of, of the last version of Richard Ryder's costume. It's the 90s Nova to the 90th degree with the super sharp shoulder pads and whatever. So, but I can't blame the artist for that. I mean, it's not his fault that that was the design. <laughs> and I don't know if it was he or the writer's choice to kind of go with that here. I hope it's the last time we see it. Um, but anyway, but... The art was fine, though. So, like I said, I can't blame him for that. The story was charming. It was good. The world mind stuff was neither here nor there, but it ended well and emotional, emotionally impactful. Um, I'm going to give Nova number 11. Uh, I'll go a really strong four out of six claws. And that is our Where's Wolverine? <laughs> kind of a, maybe a little bit of a cheat, but you know me. I'm being completist, so there you go. All right, last but not least, we have our Wolverine Roundup. Yeehaw! We have two issues this month of Uncanny X-Men, which, of course, features Pussycat Sabretooth. Though that's being called into question lately, isn't it? But anyway, we have Uncanny X-Men's numbers 12 and number 13. Um, let's see, is there any difference? No. So, the credits for both. Uh, writer Colin Bunn, Pencils Greg Land... Inks, J. Shh, listen. Uh, colors by David Curiel. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And then Land and Nolan Woodard do the covers. On the cover to number 12, we have Magneto in a white suit, but then in his black helmet still. Which is odd, I guess. 
Um, and it's a white frilly suit. He's got the Seinfeld puffy shirt under his sport coat there. And he's sitting on a burning Hellfire Club throne, holding a goblet of red wine. Uh, the cover to number 13, we'll just go ahead and talk about it right now, is a nice team pick of the Uncanny X-Men fighting some other bad mutants. All right, so we're coming back to the Someday story. Uh, we start off, remember that Psylocke and Sabretooth have infiltrated the Hellfire Club because their suspicious Magneto is there. Uh, we have a flashback to Genosha where Magneto first recruited Psylocke for her team. And I gotta say, the thing that's it's kind of starting to rub me raw a little bit on this book is Psylocke's motivation for being on this team it's a little tenuous, other than wanting to keep up with Warren, which I guess maybe the rest of this is just, you know, a facade. But, I don't know. I don't see her really teaming up with Magneto at all. But, like I said, there's the Warren thing. Uh, we have a weird thing where Magneto has some power to, like, show us everything that's going on in the book. I'm very curious. There's In the top left-hand corner, if anyone knows what this is, there's a Tron Havoc. Like Havoc, but like in a Tron suit. It looks pretty badass. Um, but I don't know what that's in reference to. Maybe that's something to come, maybe. But anyway, you have the Someday Corporation, you know, Professor X's mind and Red Skull's body, the Uncanny X-Men team, all new X-Men, the Extraordinary X-Men team, Inhuman stuff, Bad Guys, Hellfire Club, you know, all the stuff you want to know about. So we go back to the Hellfire Club where we find Sabretooth. We also find out that Monet is there. She's the White Queen now. Magneto is the White King. Psylocke calls him out. But Magneto's like, I'm going to use whatever I can. All my, all the tools, nothing's off limits. If these guys can help us, and they can be our allies instead of our enemies. Um, we have this girl, this redhead girl. I think that's the Irish girl that was working with Magneto at the end of the solo series. She's also now in the Hellfire Club. Um, they offer the Black Queen role to Psylocke. She, of course, says no. But then, um, oh, what's this girl's name? It's in the book, but it's not dominant. <laughs> I don't remember. But anyway. She offers Psylocke a vial, and it's a brain cell that has information, or like a little sliver of brain, and only a telepath would be able to read it. We have a weird thing where she stares at her boobs, Psylocke does. I'm sorry, no, it's a bustier on a mannequin the, with a black queen corset on it, and Psylocke stares at it, but, you know, it's a lot of boobage. Um, we can't have, it was not kosher to have stare at real boobs anymore, and then we'll stare at the mannequin boobs, right? At least Land can still draw some boobs. Um, anyway, Psylocke is intrigued. She knows that, you know, there's intel in this brain that only a telepath can get, and she learns some stuff from it um, about the Someday Corporation. Uh, they're, they're doing something with the mutants, and we need to go there and find out. So they're not just putting them to sleep. Turns out they're actually weaponizing them. And when they get to this rainy oil rig that is a Someday Corporation research station out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, because where else would it be? Um, of course, it's raining, and they fight some of these mutants, including this lion guy. Some of these mutants aren't bad. The lion guy is kind of cool. Um, 
yeah, and he fights Sabretooth, goes in the water. Uh, Monet and her brother hands feed on someone else. Um, oh, Raleigh, Miss Raleigh is the redhead, and we see where Magneto rejoins up with her, and I, and she has the little leg brace on, so it is the same character. Um. You know, she determines that, you know, whatever. They're going to be part of the Hellfire Club to be continued. Uh, the Hellfire Club stuff not as interesting. The art was fine. Uh, the new mutants that we're fighting here, the bad someday mutants. We just seen this kind of a fight. Um, it's fine. I'm going to give Uncanny X-Men number 12, 3 out of 6 claws. Number 13 is a little better. Um, so more fighting at the Someday Corporation. They kind of do that. Archangel shows up. Mystique shows up. And she turns into the lion guy. He's been tossed overboard with Sabretooth. Um, we get some of his background. That You know, in an Asian country, he was left to fend for himself because his parents abandoned him because he was a lion boy. A little little lion cub boy. Um, so he's kind of interesting. He has a little bit. Could, could have an interesting backstory. There's potential there of the new bad mutants. Um... I don't know what he would necessarily do in this book. We already have Sabretooth, but, you know, if Sabretooth continues to kind of revert back to his villain ways, then maybe this guy can be the the good guy stand-in version? I don't know. Whatever. Um, so we go back to the Hellfire Club. We talk about what we got. They're gonna, they captured the lion guy. They're going to do some research on him. And that's when we find out kind of his origin, that someday Corporation approached him. But now they're turning these guys into weapons. Um, something kicks Psylocke out. There's some mental defenses. And um, Mystique, using the lion boy, um, or the cat guy, has sneaked, or snuck, sorry, <laughs> into another someday corporation place. Um, she takes over another mutant who has higher clearance and goes into the lab. We find out that there is some kind of tech inside them controlling them has been pulled out of another mutant mutant body and um yeah so they're trying to find out Psylocke's trying to figure out who is doing this like who's behind all this but she can't quite get there but then Mystique does at the at the actual lab turns out that Exodus is behind all that so Exodus is back that can be kind of cool I see that the next cover is going to be another homage cover. Um, yeah, the story was a little better. Art was a little better, maybe even, and the story was a little more interesting. Of course, we have the reveal at the end. I'm going to give Uncanny X-Men number 13 four out of six claws. So this book's kind of, it got derailed a little bit by the Apocalypse Wars tie-in, barely there tie-in. Um, but it's kind of getting back to its form and it's being kind of a solid X-Men book. Not great, but definitely good. Um, so anyway, just nice and solid. So I, I'm hoping that we'll see that trend continue to get back there. Maybe even eventually this book can get really good. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, that is our Wolverine Roundup. All right. That's going to do it for episode number 196. Hope you enjoyed it as we finished up all of Wolverine for September. Ah. Snicked Timber. I should have thought about that in the intro. That's too bad because most, I don't know if everyone makes it to the end of the episode or not. Um, if you do, send me a tweet. Uh, hashtag it Snicked Timber. 
So I'll know. Then I'll know, hey, this person made it that far. Speaking of Twitter, our Twitter is at SnickCast. Um, show notes and stuff are at snickcast.podbean.com. Email us snickcast at yahoo.com. Uh, please like the Facebook page. We've had a couple of new likes in the last few weeks, so I very much appreciate that. Probably Twitter is more fun, so I would direct you there as well. But um, but the Facebook page definitely keep up with the episodes and whatever else I got going on. And honestly, if you li- if you're liking the Facebook page and you'd like to see it be the more fun place, then you know, start asking me questions or something. I don't know. <laughs> however, however that that builds up. <laughs> feel free to contribute to that organically if you want to. I would love for that to be, you know, y'all's, y'all's Facebook page for y'all, for you guys, the listeners. So do whatever you want on there. Ask questions, propose theories, leave your own thoughts and reviews. If you disagree or agree with my, my claw ratings on these issues and propose your own and say why. All that is very welcome on the Facebook page. So that, that'd be the place to do that if you so choose. So anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. Until next time, everyone, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. And snacked.